The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. When you're faced with a decision, think about getting advice from yourself 10 years from now. When you think about the year of 2033, we know what that person's going to care about. That person's going to care intensely about some things and not at all about most things. And that's hard for us to do. You know what I mean? It's hard for us to apply that. We're saturated in this culture of endless maximization and optimization when, in fact, what we're saying is like maximize and optimize on some things and forget about most things. And that's, all, <laughs> and that's hard for us to do. Hey there, Next Big Idea Daily listeners. I'm Michael Kovnett, and I regret to inform you that it's Friday. I'm only sad about that because it means it's the last of my conversations with the always charming and informative Daniel Pink, author of The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. But as Dan has told us this week, the fact that I'm feeling regret about these conversations ending is actually useful information for me. It's a reminder that talking to people like Dan matters to me, that I enjoy sharing big ideas with you listeners on this podcast. That feeling of regret is valuable data that I can incorporate into future decisions about how to spend my time. But what about things I haven't regretted yet? As if our past regrets aren't enough to deal with, Dan says it's also worth thinking about future regrets. Here he is to explain. We often think about regret through the rearview mirror, but it's also well worth our time to consider it through the front windshield. Anticipating regrets can often work to our advantage. It slows our thinking. It taps our cerebral brakes, allowing us time to gather additional information and to reflect before we decide what to do. Anticipated regret is especially useful in overcoming regrets of inaction. For example, one well-regarded British study showed that people prompted to agree with a simple statement, if I did not exercise at least six times in the next two weeks, I would feel regret, ended up exercising significantly more than people for whom regret was not on their minds. Anticipating our regrets is often useful, but it should come with a warning label. One problem with using anticipated regrets as a decision-making tool is that we're pretty bad at predicting the intensity and duration of our emotions, and we're especially inept at predicting regret. Anticipating regret can sometimes steer us away from the best decision and toward the decision that most shields us from regret. The best advice, then, is not to try to avoid all regrets, but rather to optimize them. We know that people tend to regret the same four things, so anticipate those regrets. Do everything you can to build your foundation, take a sensible risk, do the right thing, and to reach out. But for other possible regrets, chill out. For those, good enough is often good enough. Our everyday lives consist of hundreds of decisions, some of them crucial to our well-being, many of them inconsequential. Understanding that difference can make all the difference. If we know what we truly regret, we know what we truly value. Regret, that maddening, perplexing, and undeniably real emotion, points the way to a life well-lived. So anticipating regret, I mean, the way I'm thinking about it is projecting yourself forward. It's another one of these time travel tricks that you've 
talked about so that if I can, can jump forward 10 years or 20 years and look back and then say, will I regret what I'm about to do? You know, will I regret this decision? Is that the technique you're talking about when you're anticipating regret? Yes, but here's the issue. And, and I think it's actually a really interesting broader point about decision-making. We can do that. Okay. I can say, what should I have for lunch today? And I could say, oh my gosh, will, it, will I regret having a cheeseburger rather than a mushroom burger? Will I regret having a burrito rather than silken tofu or something like that? Mm -hmm. And the, the truth of the matter on that one, though, is that tomorrow, I won't care what I had for lunch today. That is, when we do this too much, when we try to anticipate our regrets too much, when we try to maximize on every decision, this is the key, when we try to maximize on every right. decision, we drive ourselves crazy. So what we should be doing is using our, that time travel ability you just mentioned to anticipate the significant regrets we are going mm -hmm. to have. Right. Although, you know, sometimes they blend together. I was thinking, you know, for me, the most effective way to use this technique of, you know, projecting myself forward is specifically on things like, should I have a cheeseburger or something healthier? That decision in the moment might not be that impactful. But if I can say, well, if, if in 10 years I haven't gotten my eating under control, how am I going to feel? You know, if, if, I, if in 10 years I haven't been working on my communication with my spouse, what would be the impact of that? So I think it's useful for, you know, kind of extending you know, something which seems sort of minor in the moment, but if I think through like how my life will be if I change this now, that can be powerful. I think it's a great point. And, and what you're talking about there is the way that foundation regrets creep up on us, right. which is having one cheeseburger one day is not a big deal. Having cheeseburgers every, every day for lunch is, a, you know, is, is going to be a big deal. I think for those kinds of decisions, though, my, what's also helpful there is, is, is choice architecture, which is essentially just saying, don't buy ground beef. You're not saving enough money, do an automatic savings plan, you know, th those kinds of things. So you make a very good point because those are foundation regrets. I think it's the kind of thing where it's like people hemming and hawing over, should I buy a blue car or a green car? Right. And it doesn't matter. It's existentially difficult for us to realize that most of our decisions don't matter that much, but some matter a lot. So when you say your communication with your spouse, that matters a lot. Mm -hmm. But when you say, should I have uh, Chinese food or Thai food tonight for dinner? That doesn't matter. Do you find that this is more useful with certain kinds of regrets? I mean, boldness regrets come to mind. You tell the story of Jeff Bezos sort of deciding whether he should leave his high-paying Wall Street job and start this crazy Amazon idea he had. And and he did project himself forward. He yeah. imagined himself at age 80 and thought, well, I regret doing this, and decided he would regret not doing it. He would regret if he had just stayed in his safe job. I think that can be powerful, you know, because a lot of those... Those boldness decisions often can can vex us, you know, if we're ch deciding between security and um, and and risk taking, and it's hard, you know, in when I'm just stuck in the present, there's no path to to think through that. But this might be a case where I can think of myself as an older person. How would I like to have lived? I'll give you a simpler technique for that, which is mm. when you're faced with a decision, think about getting advice from yourself ten years from now. When you think about the year of 2033, we know what that person's going to care about. That person's going to care intensely about some things and not at all about most things. Right. And that's hard for us to do. You know what I mean? It's hard right. for us to apply that. We're saturated in this culture of endless 
maximization and optimization. When in fact, what we're saying is like maximize and optimize on some things and forget about most things. And that's all, <laughs> and that's yeah. hard for us to do. Okay, last thing is to uh, bring this into the business context. Uh, tell me about the idea of a pre-mortem. It's a great idea. I've written about it before. I think other people in NBIC have written about this before. Mm -hmm. So we know what a post-mortem is. A post-mortem is when you, a body has died and you investigate why the body died. A pre-mortem is when you do that in business for a project, but you do it before the body is dead. So once again, mm -hmm. theme here, time travel, man. Our brains are amazing. So let's use them to our advantage. And so I do this all the time. I, I do this for books. How would you do it in the context of a book? Oh, totally. Um, I, I did it for this book. Okay. So what I, what I said is that when I started working on this project, I said, it's three years from now and either I haven't finished the book, I haven't written a book or worse, I've written a bad book. What went mm -hmm. wrong? And I knew immediately what mm -hmm. that was. It comes so to one, mind. Uh, totally. So, so one of them was... Uh, and I had a little, I don't have it anymore, but I had it on my desk here, the things to avoid because right. future me knew exactly how this project would go south on me. So right. one of if them it was, was insufficiently researched or something. Or well, even more, even more granular than that. Mm -hmm. um, so again, your mileage, your listeners' mileage may vary. For me, uh, it's very important in getting these kinds of projects done to be scheduled, to show up every day, to do a certain amount of work with no exceptions. And mm -hmm. so that was one thing. The second thing was, it's easy for these kinds of projects to drift off track. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, because it's easy for writers who like to hide, not to talk to their editor regularly, because mm -hmm. they haven't made as much progress as they want. They haven't quite figured it out. They're a little bit ashamed. And I said, my editor's name is Jake. It's like, what did I do wrong? I didn't keep in constant contact with Jake. Even if it's just an email at the end of the week saying, hey, I got a little bit done, not as much as I wanted to. I'm wrestling with this topic, okay? For, for me, three is that in other cases, I've, I've gone too far on researching and mm. didn't start writing soon enough. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem with that is not only completing it, but also when you start writing, you reveal other research you need to do. And, mm -hmm. so, and so I knew those things. And I had a little sign here on my, a little card here on my desk with those, there were four lessons. I, I think I, there was one more that I can't think of. And I had those and I would look at that and say, you know, I know where this thing is going to go awry. So don't do those things. So pre-mortems, I love pre-mortems. Do, I do pre-mortems for every big project that I do. Well, Dan, I'm glad you did one for this one because you didn't screw up. You didn't make those mistakes and you did, in fact, write a great book, hey, thanks. which we've all enjoyed and really enjoyed talking to you about it. Thanks very much for coming on the show. A pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, friends, if you haven't already, go out and find yourself a copy of Dan's terrific book, The Power of Regret. And if you haven't already, download our free Next Big Idea app. It's got a lot of great stuff from Daniel Pink, book summaries, conversations, e-courses, and a fine selection of books that Dan and our other curators have identified as the most compelling nonfiction books from the last several years. It's a learning tool you can carry with you wherever you go. And come back next week when I'll be talking to Tiago Forte, author of the book Building a Second Brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. Sounds pretty good, right? None other than Dan Pink called it one of his favorite books of last year. I'm your host and producer, Michael Kovnat, signing off for the week. Kayla Bissinger and Rufus Griscom are the executive producers. The Next Big Idea Daily is a proud member of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. See you Monday.